0: Welcome to this sermon podcast from Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. The Baptist was preaching, and he taught these folks as a pastor is supposed to that once you're saved you're supposed to it should be evident in your life that you should be bearing fruit and these people heard him and they they understood it and and three different groups said what shall we do and for each group he told them what to do and that tells me as a pastor that I need to teach that to my congregation if it's in the bible I need to teach it because I'm teaching the bible And it should tell you as the hearer that that's important for you, that you understand that once you're saved, it should be reflected in your life. And we looked at James, and James even emphasized that and said, faith without works is dead. So uh, I understand, and again, I'm going to bat for you. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here this afternoon. You're a blessing by being here, so let me be a blessing to you. I understand that living the Christian life, particularly in a Sodom and Gomorrah culture that we are more and more living in, can be challenging, okay? And sometimes it might be easier to say, you know, I'm just going to circle the wagons and just live my private life and not really worry about what God wants me to do. So you may need some encouragement in that area. Why should I do that? So let me give you some encouragement this afternoon. We're going to be at slide number 12. Do you see that up there? There you go. Very good. Strad's up there at the control. Strad, good job. So, why should I do it? Because I think you need some encouragement. Because I got to be honest with you, living a Christian life, you might catch what for at work for it or at school. Okay? So, you need some motivation. Well, let me give you some motivation from God's Word. Doing good is a testimony to the power of God. When you're at work tomorrow, when you're at school tomorrow, when you're going about doing your business tomorrow, when you do good, when when you have been taught what the Bible says to do, and you ask the question, what then must I do, and you determine to live it out, you need to understand that it can create some good. It's a testimony to the unsaved world around you, to the power of God. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. That's what we're talking about. You you hear the Bible and then you start living it. Those are your good works. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So it's a very selfless thing to do. When you hear the word of God preached, you realize you're amiss in some areas. You say, I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to do what the Bible says to do, and you start living that, that is a testimony to other people that they see your good works. They know that human nature tends to be selfish and self-centered. And when they see somebody being different in a good way, that speaks to the power of God, the glory of God. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That is a positive way to influence people. We influence people, sure, through personal testimony, we influence people by handing them tracts. We influence people by inviting them to church. But you also influence people in another substantial way, just, just by the way you live. When when, when they see that you, you you dress modestly, when they see that you don't, you know, you, they ask you, did you see the show last night? You say, no, I didn't see that. And you know that it's a bad show so for that reason. You see, it. I mean, that's a testimony. That's a good thing. I, I like this quote. A godly life testifies convincingly to the saving power of God, and it glorifies Him. So I know it can be challenging for you. I know that it can make you uncomfortable sometimes. But understand that one of the benefits of living out what is preached is that you do it to the glory of God. It brings glory to God. But that's not the only thing it does. Secondly, doing good will be rewarded by God. You're going to be rewarded for doing good. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. I guess it's just kind of saying God appreciates you doing right so much that he's going to reward you for it. You know, your kids do well. You ask them to clean the house. They do a great job. And you say, hey, guys, I'm so proud of you. Hey, let's, let's go to Dairy Queen or, or, or whatever. And, you know, God's a loving Father. And when you do what he asks you to do, he is going to reward you. And it's been my experience in my 40-something years of ministry that people that are really trying to do right and do it sincerely... And, and, you know, not trying to impress people, not trying to put on a show, not some self-centered individual, but somebody who is humble and sweet and they try to do right. I've just seen God bless that in so many ways. You know, so understand the importance. Doing good will be rewarded by God. Charles Spurgeon, I have a quote from him. He says, abhor all idea of being saved by good works, but, oh, be as full of good works as if you were to be saved by them. You know, he's acknowledging that good works doesn't save you. He said, but you ought to be so enthusiastic by good works that somebody might think that you, know, that you, you think you're being saved by good works. So understand, it, the emphasis there is to, to do good, and God's going to reward you. It's going to be a testimony to God. Secondly, God's going to reward you. And then number three, doing good assures that God is with you. If you're living in rebellion... You know, the Bible's clear about this. If you're living in rebellion, you're, you're distancing yourself from God. You're, you're distancing yourself from his protection. I mean, look, if, if my kids are, when, when they were growing up, you know, and if they were disobeying me, that's, that's putting a tension between me and them. But when they're obeying me and they're doing right, then, then I'm going to be with them, I'm going to love them. Look at what it says in Philippians 4 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. The God of peace shall be with you. If you're rebelling against God, the Bible teaches us that he's going to, not bless us, but he's going to chasten us. He doesn't want you chastened. As your pastor, I don't want you chastened. I want to see you blessed. And one of the ways that you are blessed, one of the reasons that God is with you, is when you take these things and you do them. I like this quote. The way to obtain the blessing of the the God of peace is to lead a holy life and to perform with faithfulness all the duties which we owe to God and to our fellow men. So if you need motivation to do the hard thing, And it can be the hard thing. Remember that doing good is a testimony to the power of God. It is rewarded by God, and it assures you that God is with you. When you're doing right, when you're determined to do right, you can rest assured that God is right there with you. So, understand this then. well, Okay, how do I do it? Okay, that, that's just some of the motivation. You, you need motivation. Listen, in this day and age, I need, I, I need to, to be a testimony to God. I need to be rewarded by God. I need to know that God is with me. Now, how, how can that happen in a very practical way? Well, let's just consider the passage that we looked at this morning in Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through, where were we, through about verse number 14. Uh, just look at that passage, and and look at the practicality of the passage, and as we think back to the passage, it will tell us how to make it happen. That you don't just hear, but that you do. Three things. You must inquire as to what you should do. Okay? If you want to get it right, you have to inquire. Three groups of people asked John the Baptist What shall we do then, is the way I think the first group worded it, and the other two about the same thing. What shall we do then? If you want to get it right, you've got to ask the question. Uh, People that aren't asking the question are never going to get it right. You know, seldom do we seem to uh, automatically or inherently know what to do. You know, there's been times through the years that I've... uh, was going to preach something and I mentioned to Sharon and I think oh, I don't have to preach that people they know that they they get it and, and Sharon maybe has a more practical approach or maybe she knows people better and she has told me on on occasion no they don't know that I said really you don't think people just know isn't that a given that you need to do this or be this or whatever the topic was at the time and she has assured me said no no not not everybody not everybody knows that not everybody gets it and Apparently, that was the case with John the Baptist and these three groups of people that were with them. You know, the things he told them to do, I would have thought kind of, well, that's a given. You know, you be honest, you know, and uh, don't take advantage of people and the kind of things that we listened to this morning. But apparently, that's not the case, and they had to be told what to do. So we need to understand that you need to, to, inquire, you, you need to have a hunger to get it right. You, you need to have a hunger to want to do right. And, and it's got to come from within you and your relationship with the Lord. That when you don't get it right, you just, you know, it's just not good. You you know it's not good. So the, the hunger to get it right means you want to inquire. You want to know. You don't want to miss a Sunday school class. You don't want to miss a church service because you, you want to get it right. And one of the challenges is reflected in this quote that I have uh, for you. It says, a man left to himself will go to the devil. If he turns away from his sin, it is because of some outside pressure or influence, I would say. The attraction of gravitation is seen in the souls as well as in all material things. They fall of, by their own weight. If you see them going upwards, you may be sure that it is a strong hand or a strong wind has been under them to start them in that direction. In other words, you know, things left to themselves, entropy, I preached about entropy, you know, things go to disorder. We, left to ourselves, tend to get it wrong. So we need to inquire. We, we, we need, to, we need to, to want to know what is right. You know, the Bible says, search the scriptures. And I, I hope and I pray that, that that's you, that you, you want to get it right. So for these people to get it right, all three groups had to ask the question, you know, what shall we do then? And so that's, that's the key. What shall we do then? And again, I hope that's you. I hope that's me. Then number two, you must heed those preachers that are ordained to teach you what you should do. Once you hear it, you need to heed it. You need to say, okay, that's what we're going to start doing. That's what I'm going to start doing. John the Baptist specifically instructed them as to what to do. Had they, what had they, what would have happened had they ignored his preaching? And I'm not so sure from the scripture whether it indicates whether they followed up on it or not. But let's assume that they followed up on it and they implemented that into their lives. You've got to believe, based on the three points we just made, that it worked to their benefit. But I've also got to believe if John the Baptist told them what to do and for whatever reason they ignored it, it was to their peril. I like this quote concerning this. That you just need to implement what you hear. You need to start living it. It may be hard at first. You may have your ups and downs. You may have your times of backsliding. But your heart should be to get it right. I like this quote. There are some of us sitting here now who have heard thousands of sermons and Bible studies over the years. The great question that must be answered is whether or not these mess- those messages have made a difference in our walk with the Lord. I just hope, I just praise your pastor, you have that desire to get it right. Now, we're not going to find perfection in this world. But we ought to have a desire to just get it right with God. And if that is your burden, God's going to bless you there. Thomas Watson, a Puritan from years ago, said, When we come to the word preached, we come to a matter of the highest importance. Therefore, we should stir up ourselves and hear with great devotion. We should hear with great devotion. And you're hearing the word of God preached. I mean, I'm taking John chapter 3 verses 1 through 14. And my heart's desire, when I prepared the message for today and for last week, you know, I want to get it right. You know, I, I don't want to bend this, this message to, uh, to make it say what I want to say. I, I don't want to be on some hobby horse I want to take this message, and there's a message here. And when I got down to verses 10 through 14, and I see repeated three times, mind you, what shall we do then, the people? What shall we do then, the publicans? What shall we do then, the soldiers? I'm thinking, that's got to be the theme. That, that's got to be the message. I mean, in this case, it's an easy one because it's repeated three times. Sometimes you can read a passage, particularly a narrative, which is a story, and you're not real sure, what, Lord, what do you want us to learn from this story? You could learn this or maybe this or that. No, folks, when I stand before you, it's an awesome responsibility that I preach to you as accurately as I know how the word of God. And that's to your protection. That is to your protection. So that's what it's saying. I read that three different times. So we we learn here that you have to inquire. You have to have a curiosity. And people that come to church, what you're telling me just by being here is that you have that curiosity. You're here to learn. You you want to know, you want to grow. But then you have to heed the preaching. Uh you you, you have to heed the preaching, you put it into action, which leads us to number three. You must determine that you will intentionally implement that which you should do. You have to proceed from knowing to growing. You begin to implement. That's on you. God will do his part. And we're going to see that next Sunday Afternoon, the message message that I was going to preach this afternoon, I'll save for next Sunday afternoon, but it fits in really good right here because God has given us all sorts of resources to help us to implement this. John the Baptist specifically, no, where am I? We must proceed from knowing to growing. I like this quote, merely hearing God's word isn't enough to provide a secure foundation. It is necessary that we are also doers of his word. If we are not, we commit the sin that will surely find us out, the sin of doing nothing, and great will be our fall. Not, not fall from salvation. Once you're saved, you're always saved. But you you're fall from being effective. You fall from having a good testimony. I like what Warren Wearsby said. We're to hear God's words and do them. We must not stop on, with only hearing or studying his words. Our hearing must result in doing. I have sadly. I just This thought just came to me. I have sadly through the years met people who were amazingly knowledgeable of the Word of God. I have met some people that, I mean, lay people that had studied God's Word as much, I mean, were more knowledgeable than me, far more knowledgeable than me of the specifics of God's Word. But there was a disconnect. They, 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 they weren't living it. They, they weren't putting it into action. They had a philosophical kind of uh, inquiry into the Bible and they wanted to talk about it and they wanted to debate it and they wanted to go into the most minute issues. But would they teach a Sunday school class? No. Would they sing in the choir? No. Would they, would they tithe? No. Would they do anything? No. That, that's a dangerous position to be in. The Lord wants us to, to learn and then he wants us to to do. It's not enough just to do. Now, it takes time. Let let me help you. It it takes time. We're not going to be a group of super Christians tomorrow, and we all are going to progress at a different rate. But are you progressing? And, And I guess, in addition to that, do you want to? Is that your heart's Desire. Is that is that why you're I really I want that to be the question for you this afternoon as as we close. You know, do you want to progress? You know, I I know people in this room that do. And 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 they 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 are disappointed whenever they do mess up. And we all mess up. You know. So you know we we have to have that balance. So I've got to challenge us all, myself included, to want to grow. To want to live it out more, to understand there are challenges. Sometimes you're gonna, you might lose your job. Boss says, you know, I want you to change these numbers here. Well, wait a minute, that's dishonest. We'll change them anyway, and you say, no, no, I'm living my faith. I'm, I'm I can't do that. It, it might cost your job, but you know, I believe this. God will give you a better one. You know, He'll bless you for being and doing the right thing. But it, it can be a challenge. And as a pastor, I have to understand that not everybody, you know, as many different people are in this room right now, there are that many stages of spiritual growth and spiritual development, and you have to understand that about each other also, Uh, that that we just have to understand that. I mean, Jesus, man, what what did he have to go through with the the disciples? What a frustrating group of guys, you know, that were, you know, always being proud and arrogant and self-willed and what have you at times and going off on their own tangents. He had to be patient with them. You know, we have to be patient with each other. You have to be, I'm I'm growing too. I want to. That's my heart's desire. And I just, as we conclude today, I hope that's your heart's desire. That wherever you are on your journey, that you're not discouraged. You're not throwing in the towel. That you understand in this journey, there's going to be some bumps in the road. And I'm not excusing sin, but that's just a reality of life with all of us. You know, that there 's going to be some bumps in the road, but keep going down the road, you know inquire about what is right and 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 heed that which is right and and, and intentionally implement that into your life, and you are going to grow that 's why some of the sweetest saints you 'll ever meet are older saints, but they didn 't get that way overnight you know and they there was a time when they had their Bumps in the road, too. But it's a lifetime journey. It's a lifetime... um, A period of lifetime growth. And it requires effort. So, you know, be patient with yourself. You know, some of you in here probably beat yourself up too much that you're not where you want to be right now. Well, I'm glad that you want to do better, but don't beat yourself up to the point that you just get so frustrated that you think you're going to throw in the towel. No. I just hope that you and I will ask of ourselves each day of the Lord, Lord, what then shall we do? What then shall we do? And if that's your heart, you're on the right path. There will be some bumps in the road, but you'll make it through those bumps. And we'll all go on the journey together. And we're here to help each other along the way. when, when, When our brothers and sisters in Christ falter, we're to be here to help them. It's the best journey. It's it's not the it's not the easiest journey, but it's it's the best journey. Lord, what will thou have us to do. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com Thanks for listening.